Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Well, um, I don't really want to do this episode. I'll be honest with everyone here. Um, this sucks. I'm sick of losing to Georgia State at home. Uh, I'm sick of Coastal Carolina looking apoplectic. Um, we were really excited about this team and really excited about this season. And the problems that we thought we had fixed against Duquesne are not fixed at, at all. This is a team that um, is not having a good time right now. Uh, this is a team that is in for a rough stretch of games. And this is a team that uh, I don't think is anywhere near as good as we thought they were. And I know that that's an overreaction to to a loss. I'm well aware of the fact that we lost and now I'm being super negative. But shit, man, you go back and you listen to our preseason uh, episodes and we talked about how this team has the potential to be one of the best teams in the group of five. And it had this was a problem, this was a problem, and this was a problem. And if they could overcome those, they'd be fine. And all of those problems reared their head on Thursday night. All of those problems bit Coastal in the ass. And I think it's time to start talking about how Coastal Carolina, A, might not be contenders in the East, and B, might have to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl this year if they're lucky. Josh, am I overreacting at this point, or did you get the same feeling I did after Thursday night? I don't think you're overreacting in the sense of what you watched with your own eyes for 60 minutes. I mean, Georgia State came in there, and they dominated pretty much the entire game. We got within, like, 10 once initially. We missed a field goal. That was the opportunity that slipped away. Then they go down the field, and they scored the game-winning touchdown. But we were severely outclassed by Georgia State in pretty much every way. I'm sick of losing to that Granger kid. He didn't even play that great. Um, they just they kicked our ass for 60 minutes, and it was not fun. And we didn't really show that much fight, and we didn't have a lot of emotion. And the fans showed up and brought everything they had, and the team forgot that they maybe they thought they played on Saturday because that's what it looked like out there. We were not ready for this game in the slightest. And, I mean, if you take a step back and look at it, now it's tough. Now you're playing catch-up. Now you have to, if we still, if if we're even on that level, to compete for a Sunbelt championship, now Georgia State's got to lose two games. You're already behind. You're already catching up. And don't get me wrong, with their schedule, I think they will, but – we just got exposed, and every Sunbelt team we play from here on out just has to watch the game film of what worked. And if we don't make some changes and some adjustments, every team is going to be able to do that to us. That That's at least just what I saw on Thursday night. Yeah, I'll hold my soapbox for a little bit later on some of the things that Coastal Carolina continues to suffer from. But, Jordan, I'll turn it over to you. This was a game of ifs, ands, and buts, and Coastal was never on the right side of any of them. Do you think that this was a game that shows us what the rest of the season will be, or is this the warning shot that Coastal needed to wake up? I hate to say it because I don't like to be negative, but I feel like 
this might be um, a sign of what the rest of the season might might come. Because man, we we just did not look good at all. I mean, offense, God Almighty, offense looked just as, about as bad as I've seen them play all year. Um, the defense, I mean, defense is doing everything they possibly can, but the defense can only do so much. And, you know, sooner or later, the defense is going to get tired the longer they're on the, on the field and they're going to give up points. And, you know, they gave up 30 points this week and, man, it's, it's, and I hate to say it because man, we've been, I can't remember a time we've been two and two through four games. I think this is the first time this has happened in a in about a long time, because the last three years we've been four we've been four and zero through four games, so two and two is not really a good spot to be in. You know, Josh just mentioned we're we're gonna have to play catch up the rest of the way, and hope that Georgia State slips up. But I mean, we we all we all said it before the game started. You know, we all said Granger was gonna come in. You guys already knew how he takes this game seriously how he takes the disrespect of coming back to Brooks Stadium. You guys knew what you were getting yourselves into. And you guys knew that it, Josh Mitch, he didn't even play well, but you guys know how serious he takes this game. The guy already had like 26 tickets reserved with family and friends to come to the game. So you knew he was going to play. He was going to come out ready to kick our ass. And lo and behold, he does it again. I hope he's done. I, I don't want to see that man come back to Brooks Stadium Again, I think that please let tell please just let me know if this is his senior year. If this is it, I don't want to see him come back. I don't. And it looks like he's done after this, Jordan. <laughs> thank God, thank God, because I don't want to see this guy come back to play us anymore, man. Hopefully, we can get it up together though. I, I really think we can get it turned around. I'm, I'm hopeful, but major adjustments need to be made and if we don't then it's like you said Curtis we're we're going to be a team that's not going to be even contending for our east um championship and there's a chance that we might not even make it I hate to say it to a bowl game because let's be honest I mean if we play like this if we play the way we did on Thursday night we can go ahead and kiss a bowl game goodbye because there's no way I don't want to see us go to a bowl game let alone a Myrtle Beach Bowl or another Birmingham Bowl and get blown out again. Because this is what it's looking like. And I hate to say it, but we, we got to do better. And if, if we don't, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and again, I'll save this for a little bit later in the episode when we go through like um, some fan comments because there's a couple in there that I want to hit. But this game was lost because Coastal didn't give a shit about it. Like that was the main feeling that I got at, at watching that game was that why should I care about coastal football? Because they clearly don't. And I know that's harsh. I know that's incredibly harsh on guys that have, you know, put all the effort that they have into this football team. But that performance on Thursday night felt emotionless. It felt timid and it felt like they didn't really give a shit. It, it felt like, um, you know, they, they were just there to play a scrimmage and no, actually, this is the real game. This is the, you're on ESPN. And, and don't forget how much that that matters too. the bowl selection committee will sit down and assign coastal a bowl game at the end of the season. If they're lucky enough to win six games and you're only on national TV twice and you already blew your first opportunity. You look 
you looked apoplectic in this game. What what bowl game is going to want Coastal Carolina after that? I can't think of one. So, Mario, uh, what were your first thoughts after Thursday night? Where was your head at with this team? Honestly, after seeing what happened Thursday night, I just thought to myself, the first thing I thought was, it seems like we can be insanely great against a team like Duquesne and a team like Jack State, but when it comes to a semi-decent opponent, we just look lackluster. I'm going to be honest, this offense looked lackluster. The defense looked lackluster. The special teams looked lackluster. All three sides of the ball are horrible. I'm going to be honest. And look, I may have a different opinion as everybody else, but you can just tell, okay? I mean, I do think a lot of – I do think if you look at the best part of our offense, which was the passing game, I think a lot of those stats were garbage stats. Those stats that you do is at the end when you're throwing 15, 20 yards, you have to because you have the urge to throw. I don't think it's because it was a great game by the quarterback. I'm not saying he played – bad but at the same time even the commentators said it during the game they were like he looks flat he does like he looks flat and Grayson McCall he is he's a lot better than what we've seen him in this game and I'm not saying he is the main reason why we lost but we expect great things out of great players and I think Grayson McCall was good I just don't think he was great as far as the defense passing wise they were they were fine but running defense I mean I mean I mean Josh said it uh, Danny Granger did not look that great. He didn't play that great in this game, but who needs to when all you need to have is a five-yard pass to get a first down? I mean, Carroll was averaging by himself 5.2 yards per carry. Who needs to look great when you, all you need is a five-yard pass to get a first down? And on top of that, it just seemed like whenever we need to make a big play, it just seems like we didn't have the right defensive play called up. You know, it just seemed like they had the counter for anything that we would do. And that right there hurt us. And last but not least, even the special teams hurt us. Now, we now we can talk about Liam Gray. That's the obvious one, one for three with field goals, janking up a 30-yarder when we know he can hit 50. However, I'm going to be honest, even the punter didn't look that great. Look, we, we rave about Evan Crenshaw a lot. And the fact that you're only averaging barely over 35 yards per bump, that's not going to cut it either. We're basically giving them the field position to do what they need to do. And last but not least, this is the one that annoyed me the most. Out of the two, three years, I believe it was two years, that Chad Staggs has been a deep coordinator, the first time I think I've seen him in a long time, maybe the first time ever, he did something that we never expected him to do. He adjusted. I've never seen this man play man, uh, call man defense in my life. Okay, we had guys like like Lance Boykin and Bajoran Strong who could clearly play man defense who were good enough corners to do it, and yet all they were placed in was the zone. I looked at this game. He's got guys going one on one against Sam Pickney. Yeah, I think that's why it hurts time. even more for us. Yeah. It seems like it seems like he leaves Coastal and all of a sudden he knows how to play. He knows how to call a man defense. Regardless, credit to him because he did have a great defensive game against us. And so everything about this game was just annoying. It just seemed like Coastal was trying to play catch up, and that's not how you win a football game. And in college football. It's not like the NFL where you can lose two games and bounce back. No, if you lose two games, your season is potentially over. I'm going to be honest. We can go 11-2, and two, but I don't see a game on this schedule that's going to give us a good bowl game. I think, that's out of the, I think that's out of the way. I think you just aim for the best bowl game you could possibly get unless the cards fall in our favor where we somehow get a Sunbelt championship out of it. Unless those cards fall in our favor, which is very, very unlikely, you just accept the bowl game that you're going to get. But 
looking at this game, I thought about it and I'm thinking to myself, our best chances are possibly up. And in order for us to even have a, a slim chance at getting a great season out of it, we got to win out. And even then it might not be enough. Yeah, we'll talk about the future a little bit more uh, coming up, but just quick hitting on it right now. The good news is the Sunbelt East is great. So there's a good chance that Georgia State loses two games. The bad news is the Sunbelt East is great, and we have to play every team in the Sunbelt East. So, like, this is Coastal has to wake up. Coastal has to do what's necessary in order to finish out the season the way that we expected them to start it. And it's it's not going to be fun. And, and before I jump on my soapbox, I'll turn it over to Josh for a quick point here. Yeah, I mean, this kind of just comes off what you just said. The Sunbelt East is great. And, and to piggyback off what Mario said earlier, in college football, the perception of your season with one or two losses is that's kind of the standard. And for what we've done the last couple of years, Technically, yeah, that's still on the table, but and that's it's still the expectation. But the Sunbelt East is great, and now I, I, you can't look at any game right now. The rest of our schedule and chalk it up as a win. This team has got to get right. They have got to. If the if that wasn't a wake up call, then everybody on this team is screwed because that was all the wake up call you should need. You got to take it week by week. You got two long weeks coming up. You better get right. You have no excuses. And now the rest of the season, it is it is freaking week by week because it gets literally no easier. So, yeah, they got to figure it out. And that was not a wake-up call. That was a slap in the face. Yeah, I'll start my soapbox off with this. Um, we always do the stat that matters recap. I'll do that real quick. Mine was Carroll and Granger less than 120 yards. Carroll had 150 on his own, and Granger had close to 50, so didn't hit that one. Uh, Mario's actually hit less than one turnover for Coastal Carolina. There was zero turnovers in this game, um, but it didn't really matter. Uh, and Josh's JB14 had to have 120 plus yards and a touchdown. He basically didn't do shit. Uh, he had uh, zero yards rushing on one attempt and he caught a couple of passes for 21 yards. So, a, you didn't get the ball into his hands often enough, and B, he did not hit his yards uh, total that Josh predicted. So, all right, um, I- I'm jumping up on the soapbox here, and I do this after every loss, and I feel bad that I do this, but there's a couple of points that I want to hit. Uh, Coastal Carolina has proven this season against FBS opponents that they can't finish. They are terrible at finishing drives. Against UCLA, they had a couple that got into the red zone and they were able to get field goals instead of touchdowns. And you probably could have upset a power five team that up until the new AP rankings were dropped today, were in the top 25. Um, Against Georgia State, you had a lot of opportunities and you couldn't finish them. I mean, Liam Gray going one for three on field goals is an indictment on, on Liam Gray, but it's also an indictment on the offense that you forced him to kick three field goals instead of getting touchdowns on those drives. That is a team that I think needs more pizzazz is the word I'll use. This offense is boring as shit. And I was looking forward to a boring as shit offense if it was effective. And it's really not. This leads into my next point, which is if Grayson McCall isn't elite, isn't great, 
they have no chance to win. And, and he had nearly 300 yards passing. Like Mario said, a lot of that was in garbage time and it didn't matter. He was barely above 50% completion rate in this game. They abandoned the run game immediately. And, you know, when it worked coming out of halftime with two running backs, they said, oh yeah, this is working. Now we're done with it. I will never understand that, how they had one drive where they could run the ball behind this dog shit offensive line um, and then decided that they didn't need to do that anymore. Um, I mentioned it there quickly, point number three. Uh, this O-line is useless. I wouldn't trust this O-line to start against Conway High School, um, let alone Georgia Southern next week. I think they're completely and totally useless, all five of them. Zovon Lindsay taking that stupid penalty at the end of the game where Coastal didn't really have a chance, but they were at least fighting for something, uh, and that killed it. That was the end of it. Um, not to mention that they were all terrible and pathetic and awful all game. Grayson McCall, you know, the average that most quarterbacks train on is about two and a half to three seconds of time in the pocket. Uh, he was like, if he had one. Uh, Georgia State's defensive line and their linebacking core were in Grayson's face all game, and it it didn't take long to for for defenses to figure out what to do against Coastal. I mean, hell, UCLA figured it out week one, and Georgia State just ran it back. Which you can go into man coverage, and you would think that Coastal Carolina would have an advantage there with. Um, Jared Brown and Sam Pinckney and Kendall Carr and Braden Bennett and Tyson Mobley and Tucker and Duplicis and Alamo and all these guys that, that we trust to be weapons on the outside. You think, oh, they're going to go man coverage one-on-one. Coastal should have the advantage now, and they don't because Coastal Carolina's offensive linemen can't block one-on-one for shit. I don't care who it is. They could send a cornerback on a blitz, and I saw it multiple times against Georgia State, where they would send a corner or a safety, and they would bully an offensive lineman back into Grayson's face. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm sorry, but that's you're useless at that point. We might as well throw a running back out there at guard if that's going to happen. Like, what does it matter? I mean, Reese White didn't play in this game. I don't know if he's injured or suspended or what the hell's happening there, but shit, he would have been a better starting guard than than jumper or or mcdonald or any of the other assholes that they ran out there like useless absolutely useless i again i'll say it again i wouldn't trust this offense you know conway high school was at that game i wouldn't trust this offensive line to win a game against against conway high school no i I wouldn't trust them to win a game against aner high school who's even smaller like i i can't imagine this offensive line two weeks from now three weeks from now essentially against App State in Boone. Like, I'm. that's going to be... <laughs> Grayson McCall had better take, uh, you know, his his personal masseuse with him to that game because he's going to be beaten to shit in that game. And, and the last thing we made mention of already is timid and emotionless. I don't know if it's coming from Beck or if it's coming from the new coaching staff or if it's coming from an idea that Coastal is better than everyone else, or if it's coming from just a lack of give a shit. I I don't know where it's coming from. But this season hasn't felt like Coastal. 
And and even in the the sixty six to seven trouncing of Duquesne, even in the victory over Jacksonville State, this hasn't felt like the coastal of of a couple years ago, and and what it has been the past couple of seasons. It feels like a team that's scared. It feels like a team that's trying to figure itself out and is afraid of what it's finding. Um, they don't have the same swagger. They don't have the same energy. They don't have the same, you know, we're going to kick your ass. Like, I know I've always given Will McDonald shit for it, but like, this is as close to a rivalry game as Coastal gets um, outside of App State uh, and Georgia Southern to an extent. And there was no chippiness in this game at all. There was nothing until like 50 seconds left when you're basically lost. And and I again I don't know I don't know where it's coming from, but this doesn't feel like coastal. I'll open it up to the floor and, and any of you guys to to jump in here. Um, you know, are you guys feeling the same way that I am, or any of those points, you know, points that you saw as well? I mean I'll open it up. Anybody else wants a soapbox, you're more than welcome to take it from me at this point. Yeah, I think that part probably, what I would guess, comes from the coaching staff because they've all been around a ton of NFL guys. They've all been in these high-class organizations, these Power 5 schools. But we're not that. And the Sun Belt is not that. And the Sun Belt is better for not being that. It's about passion. It's about who wants it more. Anybody, the talent gap in the Sun Belt is not as big as like even like the SEC with like an Alabama and a Vanderbilt where you can just show up and be better. The bottom team in the Sun Belt can kick your ass and often the and the rivalries are so hatred in the Sun Belt already. We talked about that. It's one of our main praises. You have to show up. Every game means something. Somebody's got something to prove. Somebody's coming to knock you off. And the amount of talking Coastal's done the last few years, yeah, that doesn't matter. New coaching staff, that target's on us. And if we don't bring that passion, which we did not on Thursday, the other team will, and they're going to kick our ass. And I think passion and give a shitness is a moving point, is a needle mover in Sunbelt games. And I think that that's like, it's like 30% talent on each side, and then the rest of the 40% is who wants it more. I truly believe that in the Sunbelt. And right now we're not seeing that, so we're already down 40% advantage. I completely agree with you on that. And guess what? It gets no easier because we've got two programs coming up on our schedule that would love nothing more than to end our season and end our quest for a Sun Belt championship. I'll say this, and I don't like to point fingers, but you know what? It's gonna be it's gotta be said, and I'm gonna say it. Offensive line, you're the problem. You're the problem. It's you guys. You're the problem because I'm going to say this. You guys aren't holding your blocks. You guys aren't picking up blitzes correctly. Grace McCall's taking hit. McCall doesn't have time to throw the ball. And when he does have time to b- throw the ball, it's not a good ball. And then the receivers have to try to adjust back to come get the ball. The ball has never been thrown to them like on, on cue in stride. Receivers have to come back and get the ball. That's a that's that's one of the main things right there. That's got to be fixed. And if it doesn't get fixed, if it doesn't get corrected, if we don't make any changes on the offensive line, 
we're not going to last this season. And it's 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 tough. It's tough for me to say because the offensive line, we've had problems in the past, but man, this has got to be probably the worst unit. I hate to say that, and we've had some pretty bad units, but this has got to be one of the worst units I've seen, man. And we we can't do anything on offense right now, and that's messing up Grayson McCall when he's trying to throw. He's running for his life, and it's it's just got to change. And I I don't know how we can change in in two weeks because we got like Curtis just said, we only get what two games on ESPN, and you know we fumbled the bag on. Th- Thursday night, if we have to go, we got to go to Boone. And those guys are itching to kick our ass because we got them last year. And I'm telling you now, if you guys don't wake up, if you don't start playing what you playing the way you guys can play, you will get embarrassed on ESPN in Boone. It ain't going to be a close game like it's usually been. It will be a blowout. You guys better wake up. And I'm telling you right now, it all is going to start with that offensive line. And I'll tell you another thing. Everybody needs to get off Liam Gray. I'm getting sick and tired of seeing, hearing people say Liam Gray and these kicks. I'm getting sick of it. This guy can kick the ball. He has hit from over 50. Everybody needs to get off this man's back. He need, y'all need to get up, get behind the guy. Because we're going to need Liam Gray in some of these games later on down the stretch. I'm going to defend Liam Gray on that one. But offense line, get it together. Well, look, I do think the offensive line is – it has been pretty terrible this year. I'm not going to lie. The only thing is I, I, I'm i not going to – I do – I'm ba- again, I, I wish him the best. I hope that he turns it around. But to me, the biggest thing – because we've had offensive line problems before. But to me, the biggest thing – even even last year, like the defense wasn't that great. But when you needed them the most, they made it – they had at least one clutch moment in them. You know, if it came down to like a, a fourth and whatever, they had an interception. We don't have that. And the thing is, too, if we needed a clutch kick, you would get that. I'm going to be honest. The biggest thing for us is missed opportunities. You can even go back to the UCLA. Isabel had three picks. One of them was in the end zone. We just couldn't capitalize on it. Stuff like that. We need to capitalize on that momentum, and we need to capitalize on that. And I think a part of it, like Jordan said, I'm not going to get on him, but like we talked about the offensive line, we got to mention it. Liam Gray has to make those kicks. The punter has to put them in inside the 20 yard line has to get this we have to put each other in good situations because what the defense does affects the offense what the offensive does affects the defense and it all starts with special teams if you can't if you don't make that 30 yard kick then all of a sudden we gotta rush down the field to get two touchdowns opposed to maybe if you did it would have been one or the defense drops a ball or, or let's go over third and ten Maybe if they held on to that, we would have a we would be in better field position. Maybe they would have to punt. It's a lot of things. Football, it's a whole butterfly effect. One thing could switch the entire uh, could switch the entire game up, you know. And it is a team game. You win as a team, you lose as a team. But I also feel like we need to take advantage of those opportunities. And that to me is what hurts the most because we've had terrible offensive lines before, and we somehow managed to make it work. Now the offensive line, don't get me wrong, they need to straighten it out. They need to be better, you know, because all you're seeing at this point is a bunch of guys bringing down Grayson McCullough's neck. That can't be happening because worse, at worst, it could also, I hope it doesn't happen, it could possibly lead to an injury. And we talked about Grayson McCall being injury prone. But to me, the biggest thing is the missed opportunities. You know, I've always seen Coastal, and especially these past three years, as a clutch team. They could go in there and when it matters, they could get the job done. They could have that moment. 
we've seen it before, but this year, I mean, there is no clutch moments. It just seems like we're leaving points on the table. Seems like we're burying ourselves at the end of the day, and we got to stop that. So I do agree with Jordan. You know, offensive line is the problem, and we need to get off Liam Gray. I'm support, and I I hope that he gets better because I know he is capable. I know he has a potential way bigger than what we've seen. But but we got to get it together. I think this is a problem with all three phases of the game, and I think we need to start figuring it out quick and start taking advantage of those opportunities that we get. Yeah, real quick, are we still too good for the triple option? I mean, I know that was Chadwell's thing, but that's one of the things that, to me, has seemed like it's missing the most. Get Grayson moving, or at least like play-action boots. I think part of the main problem, or one of them, is that we're trying to make him a pocket passer when the past couple of years, he's been one of the better dual threat quarterbacks in the country. And he's able to make passing plays using his legs. They designed plays to get him moving, get him in space. And now we just don't have that. So I would like to see at least some of that brought back. I don't think that was just something that belonged to Chadwell. I think we got to use that. This team knows that. And we got to get this guy moving because there simply is no pocket. You can't be a pocket passer when there's not a pocket. Right. And like Josh said, you know, we've been so used to the uh, triple option offense for a very, very long time. You know, and like he said, Grayson McCall is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league. And we knew it was going to be a different offense when the, the whole new coaching regime came yeah, in. Yeah, but you but can't just go like I, cold turkey, But I right? do think that. Um, I do think that that offense and they need to come together. And because this offense has revolved around Grayson McCall, ask him, hey, look, what makes you feel comfortable? What what is, what's what are some plays in this regime, in this offensive playbook that you don't like that doesn't make you feel comfortable? And I think that's a conversation that Grayson McCall and that coaching staff needs to have. So the offensive coordinator and head coach Tim Beck, I think that's something that they need to have because – and this is a new system. I still think they're getting used to it, but you had a whole training camp to get used to it. You had a whole spring training. You had, you know what I'm saying? So it just seems like this team's not used to it. And it seems like there needs to be conversations that have that have to be made because Tim Beck, this is the first season that Tim Beck has been the head coach of Grace McCall. That's obvious. He doesn't have two, three years like Jimmy Chadwell did. And that's something that I feel like this regime is going to have to discuss with him. Yeah, and, and I know that this will get fixed down the line if he makes it that far because obviously the fan base is, and, and it's tough in college football now. But one of the biggest advantages that we said going into this season was that we brought everybody back on offense that was good. So when you're the new coaching staff, why don't you help yourself out a little and look what worked with this exact personnel group last year and bring it back and use it to help you implement your system. I feel like they're trying to implement their system and use their system on guys that weren't built for their system. I saw some people saying that on, on X over the past couple of days. And I think that they, they need to reach back into the old bag of tricks. What worked last year, use some of that. They're trying to put these guys in a system that they're not fit for. And I know the guys that they're recruiting are fit for that, but that's not the roster that you have. So you're really minimizing their ability and their productivity, in my opinion, by trying to put them in this box that they're not trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, I, I don't remember where it was. I know it was a reply to a tweet that we put out at some point. I think it was one of the game tweets that you were doing, Jordan. But somebody replied with, you know, Kansas came to Conway 
what is it now, two years ago, three years ago. Um, and they got their ass kicked. And we sent them back to Lawrence, Kansas. And the coaching staff at Kansas went, you know, actually, that offense was pretty great. And they started running that offense. And now Kansas is one of the better teams in the pack, uh, excuse me, the Big 12. I know that Tim Beck is not Jamie Chadwell, and I know that he doesn't know that offense as well as he knows his own. But like you said, Josh, give yourself an advantage, man. Like Grayson McCall's run this system for three years in a row now and has been Sunbelt Player of the Year three times in a row. I I don't think that Grayson McCall is a system quarterback. I don't think that Grayson McCall's numbers and his success is because of the system, if that makes sense. But I think that system helps him to get him on the move, get him out behind, out away from this terrible offensive line and, and the terrible offensive line that we've had for three years in a row now. It allows him to make plays in space. It allows him to get on the move and get out where he can see the defense and see what's happening in front of him and make you know, a late great throw to Pinckney or, or hit Jared Brown on the deep post. And shit, if you're going to have him stand in there like Ben Roethlisberger – you might as well have him gain another 25 pounds and just be willing to take the beating every game. I don't understand what they're doing with that, but we'll move into a little bit of fan sentiment here. Um, we put out a tweet and basically, you know, it was a post game, you know, tell us what you're feeling, what needs fixed, you know, debrief kind of posts. And and one of the ones that stood out to me um, at TJ Hecker, uh, more aggressive fourth and short decisions in the red zone and plus territory, more pre-snap motion route concepts designed to get our athletes the ball quicker and in space. I think all three of those are, are super important for Coastal to nail down. I don't understand Tim Beck's willingness to kick 50-yard field goals. I defended the one at UCLA. Um, fourth and one in plus territory in the rain against Georgia State. Uh, you gotta be willing to go for that, and they're just not right now. And I, I it has to be a coaching thing. It, 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 there can't be any other explanation for why they refuse to do that. But he has to be more aggressive, and I think being more aggressive will help with one of the things that I said during my soapbox, which is they're not finishing. I think they're not finishing because they're giving up. That's what a field goal is at this point: is giving up, especially a fifty yarder. On fourth and short, you're giving up on the drive. Joey Smith at SC Ball Coach 1. Both lines, O-line is too small, slow, and weak. Defensive line is either not getting penetration or when they do, not staying in lanes and allowing the other team to run right past them. Offensive play calling is very vanilla and conservative. We need to roll out more on passes and hit them 10 to 15 yards downfield. 100% agree with all that. The defensive line was terrible. Granger... I know it's the surf turf, so there's not real grass, but he walked out of that game with no grass stains on his pants. Uh, he had no sacks. He basically did whatever he wanted to the entire game, so that was less than ideal. Um, you know, there's there's a couple more in here. When uh, At Lindsey Hickman, when McCall is your quarterback, you go for it on fourth downs and don't kick field goals. Our coaches need to run what has worked. Where is the fire celebrations? They are not calling plays that get our players um, to the ball out and win. Um, don't reinvent the the wheel, run Chadwell's offense and win. And I, again, I don't think that you can go back 100% to Chadwell's offense. I don't think that that's fair to Tim Beck. 
Um, I don't think that's fair to the coaching staff that he brought in, but I think you do need to make the adjustment to, to like Josh said, are we too good for the triple option now? The answer is very clearly no. With all that being said, we'll turn our eyes to the future now. Mario, what worries you most about what Coastal is doing and, and how they're set up right now, headed into the heart of their schedule, essentially a month-long trip away from Brooks Stadium? So probably three things. The first, I'm going to make them quick. The first thing is that this that it's a similar problem that we've experienced in the past, that this is the way it's going to be. There's no going to, there's not going to be any adaptability and whatever's going on right now is the way this whole entire season is going to have to going to be. And we're going to have to get used to it. That's number one. Number two, that this team is only good enough to beat a bad opponent or below decent one. So guy, people like Georgia state, James Madison, app state, those are guaranteed losses because we just can't seem to beat decent opponents. And number three, that we're just going to keep leaving opportunities on that field for we're just going to keep leaving points on the table and in plays and we're just going to keep making bad plays or we're not going to take advantage of what the other teams do or what they give us that's those are the three things and if that's the case then we'll be lucky to win seven games you know I do think we will get a bowl game you know I think we will get six wins but it's hard for me to say that if all this keeps happening that it's going to get anywhere past six games you know and that's something that I'm very concerned about after watching Georgia state. That's something that worries me is that this is the way we are. We're going to have to get used to it. And if an opportunity is on that field, we're not going to take advantage of it. That if it does get down to fourth and two, we're going to kick field goals or 50 yard field goals. And we're going to try to do it. We're going to try to force them in or whatever the case might be. So I'm hoping that by the end of the season or as the season progresses, I'm hoping that those three things end up getting scratched off my list. I hope that they end up adapting to the losses that they have. I hope that they aren't just good against terrible teams. And I'm hoping that when they when a team makes a mistake, they can capitalize on it and make the best out of it. Before we wrap this up, um, Jordan, I want to come to you. Right now, today, September 24th at 9.19 p.m., what will Coastal Carolina's final record be uh, come November 25th post-James Madison game? Um, I like to still be optimistic, but um, I think after seeing through four weeks, I see us winning seven or eight games, honestly. I'm being truthful. And it's 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 unfortunate, but... You know, I, that's just how I see things. If if things continue to go to where they're going, it's it's gonna go that way. I don't. It, it may be possibly six. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, a lot of things, and and it would suck. It would suck for Grayson to have to come back for one more year. It would suck for Sam Pinkney, who talked about trying to get championship rings. He talked about two two rings: a Sun Belt ring, championship ring, and a bowl game ring, like. You kind of want to – you guys got to try to do everything you can to give the guys that have been here the longest, give them a chance to go out on top. And, you know, something's going to have to give. It's like you guys said. I mean, this is this is not Sean Clear football right now. And if things don't change, it looks like it's going to go in that direction. But the, the, the lowest I'll go is six, but the highest I'll say is eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I think that – for right now, 
there's bowl game talk, but I, I actually don't, I don't care about a bowl game right now. That'll all take care of itself. I think we'll get six wins. But, man, I mean, we talked about the floor, and we played on Thursday probably a little bit worse than what we expected as the floor if everything went wrong. I think we played even a little bit below the floor. So it's a it's a grind. It's brutal now. I think the only focus right now has to be on winning the Sun Belt. And even that's, you, like I said earlier, you've got to take it week by week because if you lose to another team now, now you got this team's got to lose three games, and but not to this team because they got to, you got to recontrol the script. You got to get back along top of it. That, that starts with this Saturday, which we'll talk about. In the, in the, we have a whole preview on it, but is on NFL Network is a semi it's a pretty national televised game we get another crack at it and right now it's all about the Sun Belt we want to compete in the Sun Belt we want to win a Sun Belt championship that comes before any bowl game in my opinion and that's how we get there so yeah man I but right now I'm thinking seven or eight games at best yeah I think if you had asked me this question a week ago post Duquesne there were a lot less maybes and a lot more wins um i think now looking at the future schedule there's a lot more maybes and uh we'll be back later this week to talk about one of those maybes uh, a game at georgia southern coming up on the docket um it, it's a chance for coastal to rebound maybe but uh, again that was a, that was a game that we had looked at as as coastal being favored in and most likely a win and now after Thursday, unfortunately, it is a definite maybe. But be on the lookout for that episode coming up later this week. Um, a return to normal uh, posting schedule, at least for, for one week. And then we head into a bye week and then uh, App State on a Tuesday night. So we'll always be active on the socials. Follow us on X at The Shant Show on Instagram at Shant Show. Um, let us know how you're feeling about Coastal Carolina's future chances. I know we talked a lot about what happened on Thursday, but let's start looking uh, looking forward and, and what do you think is lying in the road for Coastal Carolina upcoming this year. So let us uh, let us hear that and, you know, we'll take it a week at a time and, and hopefully things get better. And, you know, we're always on this podcast, the, the biggest fans of Coastal Carolina. Don't ever forget that, but you're not a fan if if you don't uh if if you ignore all the bad and, and only talk about the good you're not really a fan you're just uh an observer and uh we can't have that so uh well speaking of negative uh firecliff ellis uh gotta get that out of the way and uh as always shots up yeah.